My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script. I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it. I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot. I even got a famous classic case of writer's block. Get it out of my head. Get it out of my head. Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. (laughs) Never get it right. Never get it right. (laughs) Joining me today is Leon Gittins. Hello, Leon. Hello, Pilar. So, Leon Gittins was one of these, you know, wonderful, talented writers in one of my classes who turned out to also have an expertise. And as usual, I've yanked him out of the classroom (laughs) and into the podcast. I will explain. Leon Gittins has been working as an animator since 2007 on movies and video games such as Benjamin Button, Hop, Hotel Transylvania 2. I have the BFG. I saw that too. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And the latest Spider-Man PS4 game, among so many others. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just credit after credit after credit after credit. It's like amazing. Um, When the the way this this podcast episode came up was we were talking about animation. Uh, I know a, a, a young woman who wants to get into it and I said oh you know is there a job she could apply for a PA thing or something and Leon said well what part of animation what aspect of animation and I didn't have the vocabulary to answer back or even ask her so I thought it would be good for Leon to come on and talk about what are the different kinds what are the different departments in animation and how do they all come together to form a story to tell a story yeah and it's interesting like um, a lot I always say I live in a small bubble because that's all I've done is I've been an animator, I've been an artist from when I can ever remember since I was a child. And it's always interesting when people ask, you know, what is an animator, what does an animator do? Or what do you do for a living? I say, oh, I'm an animator. And straight away they think, oh, so you draw on the computer. And I'm like, no, um, there's more, you know, facets to the animation world than that. But again, why would they know? Because like, there's not enough information out there unless you're actually immersed in that world. Right. So... As far as what I do, yes, I am a character animator. Um, I've been doing that for almost, like he said, 20 years, per se. And, you know, there is the, there's different assets. There's the 2D animator, which is how it used to be, which is, you know, people know of Disney and, you know, uh, uh, for doing the 2D animation. And then it transformed and emerged into 3D animation, which is what you see in almost every single movie out there, visual effects and everything. Like I don't think there's, these days, there's hardly any movies that have some sort of, CG or animation or art within them. So as far as like what are the different um, the different aspects or job titles in animation, first you have storyboard artists, which, you know, the storyboard artist is the person or the individual who tells you a visual story of, you know, the film or game or short that you're making, which is usually based off the actual script. So you have the script writer who writes the story, and you have the visual storyboard artist who, you know, draws those panels and gives you, like, kind of like comic book panels of, like, how the story is going to go. So that's one aspect. After that, you've got, you know, you have your concept artist. So the concept artist is someone who can, who comes up with your concept, whether it's the world, what that world looks like, um, how it feels, and then you also have the character designer who actually designs the characters. So, like, you've got to, 
come up with how these characters work within your world, what they look like, the aliens, the creatures, all that stuff. Like that's like takes a, like a like a whole team of different designers to come up with that. Even some as small as props. Like you have a prop designer that would design, you know, a table, a chair. Like it, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And then from there, you have. I'm taking notes. In case, in case, in case, I, I, I realize like I have nothing to write this down. I'm like, okay, I got it. All right. Yeah. Um, and what else? So I did um, character designer, prop designer. Then you have your, um, you have even an environment designer, which is, is different depending on if you're in film versus if you're in games. Because that's a whole different thing. Do you have... You know the, the 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 way games are designed and the way films are designed. Now in games, we have environment designers. They would de- literally design the environment, but also they would design it based on how the designer wants um, wants you to play or what missions you have in there. So it's not like you just like, let's just design a tree with a you know with a with a river. Well, there's a reason why we need that river and that tree because we're going to go in there and the player is going to play. Maybe he has to jump over the river. Maybe he has to climb that tree. So it has to be designed in a way that then a programmer can program, and me as an animator can animate that guy climbing. Um, so, so I mean, again, it goes <laughs> back to story because yes. it's it, we're in a story. There are problems that mm-hmm. this character is going to have to overcome in the game, yes. and and these are going to be the physical obstacles that are part of that problem. Yes. Got yeah, it. Yeah, so it's, it, it, and it's funny, like, I've spent most of my time in movies, and once I moved over to games, it was interesting what's considered important. Like, so in films, it's all about the story, the character, you know, how those, you know, work together to get to from A to B. In games, it's all about the player, the response, the gameplay. So in, in games, I've worked as a cinematic animator, which is, you know, where I tell the story kind of thing based on the storyboards and, and the director and the script. Now I'm doing gameplay, which is completely different, where it's all about how response, like how much response does the, is the player get, getting? Is this fun? So when the player wants to punch, I can't sit there and say, oh, I'm going to drink a water and then punch. Like if I was in a, in a movie, maybe that would be part of the story where the character, like every time he punches somebody, takes a drink. But in a game... When the player presses that button, that punch has to happen straight away. Mm. So I've got to animate it completely different than when, if I was animating in a movie, per se. Because in the movie, you want the story. In the game, you want the response of, hey, this character has a strong punch, press the button. It has to be very responsive and very quick so that the player isn't sitting there waiting for a punch to happen because that frustrates the player. So there's all these different rules I'm learning from when I was doing cinematics to now when I'm doing gameplay animation. It's like, it's, it's pretty much night and day. And also... I'm always big on story, so I, I'm always asking, well, why would the character do this? And that's where my profession as an animator comes in and helps the designer, because the, in games, the designers are kind of like our directors. They design the mission kind of thing. Like they, they design the mission and the why and the way and where they're going. Me as an animator, I have to come in and say, well, if this character is going to you know, jump over this river, like, well, why is he jumping over the river? Is there a specific reason? And if they don't give me, they may not know, and that's where we as animators sometimes help and say, well, based on the rest of the story, they would probably do this instead, just because on what they've been doing prior to when they got to this mission. Oh, that's so interesting. So yeah. you're going like, look, just based on your story that you mm-hmm. created, right? I'm seeing that there are certain yes. character behaviors, personalities, character rules mm-hmm. that 
that it would make more sense yes. for this person to do this. And do, are they usually open to that? Do they usually get that? Yeah, because what happens is with games, there's a lot more collaboration than I ever expected. Like, so in movies, you've got, you know, you've got your, story, you've got your script that's been written, you've got the storyboard that be, that's been done, and then me as a character animator, I will, like, based on the, some of the meanings or based on our lead, we'll, you know, we'll animate the character based on kind of those rules. In games, you kind of have ownership. So you have a designer, a programmer, an animator, an environment artist, a lighter that all kind of comes together to tackle like parts of the game like so there's the different missions so like I said if the mission is oh I've got to jump over this river and climb up this tree to get something I'm going to be like okay well this creature or character is you know maybe it's a ninja well I think this ninja will flip over the river climb up the tree and then get the uh, the screw but originally the designer might have been like oh well I want that individual to jump in the warmest water and swim and do all this other stuff and I'm like well I don't think a ninja really needs to swim to do this to do that said task sure and it, so, so, so there's this back and forth kind of to we can like to solve this problem could could the ninja flip over logs in the water so that we still have the water element and of that, it and that's kind of what what happened in the meeting someone would throw it out there I'm like of course that happens just as long as we get from A to B to C and it makes sense right kind of thing. yeah right because it doesn't really make sense that they would have to swim when <laughs> yes. they can jump exactly because they're a ninja and those like kind of everyday kind of things that would happen because you know when you're when you're so involved in your story or in your mission sometimes like you become blind to mm-hmm. other things and then that's where everybody else's input can kind of shape and kind of fix and make this whole like mission or story work. It's funny because uh, I, I was we were talking about your own script yesterday, mm-hmm. um, which has a really wonderful conceit um, of, of magical backpacks. That's all that I'm going <laughs> to say, <you>. right? <laughs> and uh, um, and we had to get those backpacks going a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, why would they solve a problem this way mm-hmm. when they've got a backpack? Yeah, exactly. Right? And, that, and, yeah. Those, and those are kind of the things that come up. It's like, well, why would it do this or why would it do that? Like especially like. On, on Spider-Man, there was like a lot of that. Like, just as the story went on, or as things started to change, it was like, well, why would you know Peter Parker do this, or why would Spider-Man do this? Like, because you know Peter Parker is kind of different when he's Peter Parker, and he's kind of different when he's Spider-Man. And how does that work within our game? Um, yeah, it, and it was interesting because you've got Spider-Man the game, you got Spider-Man the movie, and like they're not all they all are their own different kind of elements. So we had to make sure that we were keeping true to the story of Spider-Man, but also putting our own little twist on the world and what we were creating. So, uh, what, what, so you're a character designer now in video games mostly, right? I'm a character animator. Character animator, yes. sorry, in <laughs> no video worries. games mostly. <laughs> yes. And you've done all these different kinds of movies and, mm-hmm. and now video games. What's your favorite job to do? Uh, that's an interesting question. So... I think my favorite is animating in movies. And but the challenge with animating games is also great. So the reason why I say animating movies is like you get to give this performance of something that doesn't exist. Like so there's a character that has been created in in this 3D world, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I've got to give it an emotion and make it believable. Like the audience has to believe that this character actually exists, that you can meet this character on the street and have this conversation based on the acting choices that I have chosen. And that 
is something that I just I just love doing. Like watching someone watch my performance and be like, I believe that character. Or if they cry or if they laugh, like I was part of creating that. And there's something about that that I just love. And even when I was a little child, when I first ever saw you know a cartoon, like I was always curious, like why do I believe this? Like why do I feel this way? Kind of thing. And that's kind of the thing I really enjoy about in movies. In games. It's kind of the same because I did work on cinematics, mm-hmm. and but it was interesting. I didn't realize, and I guess um, maybe this is being Spider-Man. I didn't realize how much people were in love with Spider-Man or how much Spider-Man meant to them mm-hmm. as a character. I, I, I really did not know this. Uh, you know what? As a woman who <laughs> dated a couple of <laughs> Spider-Man dudes, I can I can walk you through the whole thing, well, the whole psychology behind it, everything. It, it was kind of amazing. But then when I when we we did this thing where we watched all the cinematics just as a movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, like it, I can see why people really are into this and why they believe in this character in this character. But and then, but in games, the challenge is the playability, making it fun. Mm-hmm. That becomes a challenge. Like so, sometimes I forget. Like oh. I can't do all the crazy acting choices I want to do before I make a move because the player just wants to hit the button and break things and, you know, beat the enemy or beat the villain. So that becomes a new challenge where I'm like, okay, how can I make this character perform an attack or a move and the player finds it fun but still in a creative way? So emotion seems to be, like, what you like on both ends, right? Yes, I'm big on emotion. I'm big on believing the character. I'm big on the character relationship. That's something, like... I can watch a movie and the movie might not be, the story might not be great, but the characters and how they interact and how they may love each other, how they may hate each other, how they work together, that's what always, I always pay attention to that. That's something that I get drawn to for some known reason. So how do you make a, a punch emotional? The best, how could, well, I guess you could, based on what happened before and after, so... If someone's punching somebody and they're laughing, that's different when someone's punching someone when they're angry. So oh, just yeah. based on that, and then how, and then also based on how heavy they are, how skinny they are, and what they had for breakfast that day, what they went through last week, like those are things that as an animator you actually have to think about as well. Like it's a very really? important. Like yeah, so whenever I get a shot or whenever I get an assignment, I always have to ask or we always get told what happened before and what's going to happen next. Because everything has to, because there's so many animators working on this in, at, one, at one time, everything has to, you know, seem together perfectly. So those are something like, you have to kind of know the background of what that character is, what's their favourite food, what's their favourite, and how they react based on, you know, what happened before, what they've done before, kind of thing. And context is, is so huge, yes. and it's mm. something that we talk about in screenwriting all the time. Mm. You know, I, I think a, a pet peeve I have as a, as a story analyst is when somebody has experienced something in one scene mm-hmm. and it may be a couple scenes later when we first next see them again, but they haven't carried that emotion yes. in. Like last time we saw them, they were devastated mm-hmm. and here they're like whistling a tune, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, wait a minute, you know, what's what's missing there? Either add the beat or make sure the emotion carries. It's so funny you said that because I won't mention the movie, but I was watching something yesterday with my kids and I was like, I've never seen this and I remember people talking about it. And I was watching it. And my kids, they loved it. It had all creatures and all that stuff in there. But the character, the lead character, reacted one way the first time. And then later on down the line, he reacted completely different. And I'm like, why did you do that? And, I, and that's just me, you know, because I watch movies and I've you know, been animated for so long. Like the same thing that I pick. And I'm like, no, like, 
and now I don't believe in you kind of thing. <laughs> do you ruin it for your kids? I don't. I've learned not to do that. I'm like, my kids are my kids. They're going to learn to like and love things. It is hard sometimes. No, yeah. Like, there are times I'm like, no, this, that's terrible. We're not watching this. Like, I have done that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I have ruined it for my children from time to time. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. My oldest is like, Dad, Mom's ruining another <laughs> Because I can't, I'm like, what, what did they do? Why did they do that? Yeah, it's, it's so they hard. They could have done this. It was so clear. What? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's very hard. And, and as they get older, I think it's a little bit easier now because they understand. Mm-hmm. When they were younger, I'd just be like, okay, yeah, this is fine. But now I'm like, no, this is wrong because blah, blah, blah. They should have done this. They could have done that. Yeah. It, it's, it's a battle. How old are your kids now? 10, 9, and 5. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Are they excited about the stuff that you have contributed to? Yes. Um, it's funny, when I was younger, they just didn't care. But now they do now because now it's something they can show off about. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when they're at that age now, it's all about who does what and right. who's cool. My and dad not. does this. My yeah. dad's on that so, show. So now, um, now, now I'm the cool dad. For the longest time, I was the old guy, which is like... I don't, I don't that's, understand. Like, that's I, kind of fun, yeah. funny because anybody who sees you is like, yeah, no. <laughs> they swear I need a walking stick. Like that. It's, it's interesting how a kid's perspective of how old you are. Like I have to check. I'm like, am I really that old? Like I get told all the time by them. It's, it's funny. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah, I always love when you ask a little kid, like, how old do you think I am? And they're like, well, I like when, when they go, Seven (laughs) (laughs) or seventy, like they just don't. They have no concept of like age, which is very interesting. I love that. That's what I love about kids. They're so honest. Yes, yes. So, so um, I'm still very interested in this idea of emotional writing. So, uh, going back to the script, Mm -hmm. because of course that's what we always talk about mm -hmm. here. You said script to storyboard. Mm So are you, as, as the, the character animator, are you also going off of script or are you going off of the things that have happened since, like the world design plus the storyboard plus all that? So in, in movies, you would have the storyboard. Like in, usually in movies, as, as an animator, I never see the script. Um, really? Not, not, unless you're higher up, or as an animator, you barely re- ever get to see the script. You will just see the storyboards. Or now, because of CG, the previews. Because that's another step now. You've got the script, storyboard, and now a lot of people are doing previews because you can get all the camera work and what you actually like on the framing and the cinematography based on previews. Now, if you don't know what previews is... No, I don't. Okay, so <laughs> previews is... Um, <laughs> it's kind of... It's, it's like... It's a 3D... Automatic. So you actually have, um, they'll build like 3G and 3D sets. They have 3D characters sliding through, but you'll have the actual camera moves framing what's actually going to happen. So it, it, it'll be like an actual, like an actual shoot, but done in, done in CG. So most movies or games, they'll do that now. They'll go, they did the storyboard, but they do a previous. So you can actually get a feel of traveling through the world. Or if it's like a, like a complex scene, you can block it out and actually see what it looks like in 3D space. Then from there, I'll get that scene, and usually the camera is locked because it's been approved by the director. So that camera is locked, and now I've got to animate my scene based on that that camera motion or that camera lock. Kind of so thing. it's interesting that you said block it out because mm-hmm. I immediately in my head I was thinking, oh, this is like theater blocking. Because mm-hmm. when you when you're rehearsing, mm-hmm. you, you know, you have your first rehearsal is just blocking. Yes. So that you know where you're moving, mm-hmm. and then you're not actually acting it. 
that's it, pretty yeah. much exactly it. Yeah. It's, so so you add the acting. Mm-hmm. So it'd be pretty, like, I mean, people can't see, but like these would be the two characters, and they're pretty these much are just be, two water bottles. <laughs> yeah, that right? Leon is moving around. Yeah, and they're just sliding around like, "Hey, my name's John. Oh, my name's Kate. Hi, I love you." And they kiss, and then but you've just got the camera following them, cutting back and forth, and then now I've got to actually add in the actual life and the actual animation and the emotion based on what happened before or based on the script. Um, yeah, based on the script, what's been written in the script and the storyboard. But the storyboard and the previews are pretty simple as far as like more for the angle and the cinematography. Now, me as a character, character animator and actor, I have to you know, give these emotions, again, but based on the director's approval or what's the backstory of the actual character. And that's kind of the challenge too, is like you have the director will have an idea or what's supposed to happen in this scene. And me as the animator, sometimes they'd be like, oh yeah, that, that's going to work, but I'm going to put my little spin on there or something else that may push this performance and then try and get that brought up by the director or by my lead kind of thing. What's, what's a character that you worked on that you're particularly proud of? <clears throat> I would say... Hmm, that's a good question. Because I know it's hard, like, you're always, for me, like, the favorite thing I've read is always the last mm-hmm. great thing I read. I probably would say Benjamin Buttons, because even people today, people still don't get that that was a CG face. That's incredible. Tell yeah. me about that. So, for anybody who's never seen this movie, you have a man who's literally aging backwards. Mm-hmm. And I forget how old he was when he. Uh, I, yeah. How how old was the act? The act. Brad Pitt was only like in his thirties when he did yes. this, right? Yeah. He starts at like eighties. Eighty or not? Is eighty eight or something? Some, it's it's up there. It's really yeah. old. Might be older than eighty. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Yeah, because because he's, he's in a wheelchair and he can barely move. Yeah. Um, and like as you know, he aged backwards. So all that um, when he's act when he's really old is all. A CG replacement. It's, it's a it's a three D face, a three D model that was built by a modeler, and then me as the animator or the team of animators we animated him a moaning, talking, blinking that whole nine yards. Now originally what was done, they did use this thing called um, oh, this gets me. It's it's kind of like like mocap, but there's a motion a, capture. Yeah, motion capture, but it's the actual term, mm-hmm. for, but the different software that they use, but where they put all these crazy dots in the face and they captured his facial poses right so it was like you know if he smiles you got all you know these you know the dimples the wrinkles the eye squints all that into one pose but that became problematic as an animator um this might be going a little bit deep in animation but trying to animate full facial poses is very hard because going from let's say sad to happy and then just capturing all that in one pose is not very not a good way to do it because we all smile differently and so for instance when I smile I might just you know mm-hmm. m- my teeth may show but my eyes may not move that much um, but if I'm really happy my smile may be bigger and my eyes will be bigger but if I want to do that separately where I just move my mouth and then move my eyes with a if I capture a whole pose I cannot do that because I'm restricted by that pose that I was given uh. so they have to break it up so I can move them independently I can move my eye independently I can move every single wrinkle independently to give whatever performance or pose that I want. So they tried capturing, um, well, they did capture all of his emotions. Like, he would act out all the scenes. But us as animators, it was easier for us to kind of, which people get, may get mad at this, but it's years old now, 
I just blew away the animation because it was just hard to fight with, and I just pretty much animated frame by frame manually. Really? Think, yes. So like, I mean, because some of these scenes, like if you notice, for the most part, I think per shot, it may be on there for about four to five seconds. I think that was a, a rule, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while, but like. Because you got to get paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, so it's like, well, yeah, but like it, it went back to like 2D days where you're actually like, I was fr- you know, frame by frame. Wow. You know, animating his emotions and his speaking and dialogue and all that stuff. And it's a very challenging um, show, but it was a great show to be part of. You must have had a lot of respect for the actor when you were done. Like you must have felt like you were like right by his side, right? Yeah, yeah it's funny because I think a lot of people don't realize as animators we are actually also actors uh-huh. and, and, and I'm, on one side which I want this to be taken the wrong way I think it's even harder than being an actor and the only reason why I say that is you can see an actor you, it's a human being you can see, actually see that person in front of you and when they emote and when they move you believe it because the human is real when you're creating a CG character that's never existed I've got to put well, we as animators and artists have to put life into something that doesn't even exist and is pretty much just dead. It's just a pixel on a screen. But then when you can make it emote and make people believe like, oh, that's actually a real thing that we designed from absolutely nothing, that is, that's really amazing to do. So it's like we kind of have shared the same kind of characteristics as an actor, where it's like, I mean, some of us do have backgrounds in, you know, some of us do do acting, some of us do improv, uh, so on and so forth. But um, yeah, it's, just ha- having that skill set to bring emotion to a re- to a thing that doesn't that never existed is something kind of amazing. I, I was thinking like you, the studying you must have to do to study how expression comes into people's faces or their body movements, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, you know, being an actor or, or doing improv, I'm sure that all helps. Mm-hmm. Was there a specific way that you started studying human behavior? So one of the things that one of the weird things, I guess, is what we do is called people watching. Uh-huh. Um, so um, back in the day when you first wanted to become an animator, it was always 2D. So drawing was a very big part of your studies. You would do a lot of figure drawing, a lot of life drawing, and a lot of people watching where you would go to a park or go to a bus and just sketch every day. And you're pretty much just building a library of just different people and different emotions. And it's funny, like I look, I look through my sketchbooks and you see a progression in society where before... In my sketchbooks, you see people reading newspapers, uh-huh. doing things. Now, everybody's, on all my phones. drawings is just on the text or on a tablet. It got to a point where it got a little bit boring sometimes, like, because I used to, just purposely, I used to catch the train on the bus uh-huh. just so I could, you know, study people and work or go to the park or go to the zoo. But yeah, everybody's doing this now. It's, Isn't it's that re- interesting? It's, it's crazy. But, uh, but that's pretty much what you, you start off doing. You just do a lot of drawing and studying people. Now, because of CG, you necessarily don't have to be a good you know a good artist I know a lot of animators who cannot draw at all but are great character animators mm. so that kind of that kind of changed the game a little bit as far as like people who want to become character animators always thought they had to be a good artist but you actually don't you just have to understand the psychology and the movement of humans and those are people and emotions and you know once you can understand that that you know brings you a long way kind of thing well it says a lot to me about why your your own writing is 
emotional. There's a, you know, there's a real warmth that yeah. comes through with your own writing, which is great. Thank you. But it was interesting because you came to, to class and had never written a script. Never written. And really didn't know much about the script part because you'd been working with storyboards. Mm-hmm. So those storyboards must really have to be, convey a lot of detail if it's substituting mm-hmm. for the script itself. I'm not necessarily, when you say detail, I'm not necessarily like great perfect drawings, but like Story details. The story details, yes. The, and that's very true. The, there's a lot of information that are in those storyboards that help us and guide us to know, you know which direction we're going, where the story is going, what the character is doing. And it was funny, when I first took the class, I remember the first week, you were saying all these terms, and I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. But then the second class, when you started talking about, you know, I think you mentioned like story beats and beat boards and uh-huh. stuff like that. Then that's when it all started to make sense because we have beat boards too. Right. Storyboards where... You know, like your story beats are like kind of the rough or oh, one liner ideas of, you know, telling the story. Well, with storyboards, you have your full storyboard, which tell, you know, every sequence, every part of the story. But you have beat boards, which are just like the important beats. Mm. So it'd be one image that tells the important beat of that particular story, but not with a lot of detail, which is kind of like your rough blocking of the storyboard, just to see it visually how it's flowing and how it's moving, kind of thing. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, are there certain? Uh, this this is strange, but you know how like we you've got franchises of movies mm-hmm. or video games or whatever. Um, let's say you were on an original, mm-hmm. right? And then somebody did the sequel, right? Mm-hmm. So they're basically sort of taking off of what you created with these these characters, mm-hmm. right? And they have to take those things and now keep that going, Go keep ahead. those 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 expressions or mm-hmm. the right. Oh, okay. Yeah, does that has that happened to you? Have you ever been like, wait a minute, or have or have you had to take on somebody else's character? I mean, with Spider Man, for example, oh. and and replicated things. Well, let me make sure I understand the question because there's two ways. So as far as I take, as far as the animator, I will take another animator shot. Right. That, so that does happen. Okay. And that's um, can be easy and difficult sometimes depending mm-hmm. on who you've taken the shot from because mm-hmm. everybody works differently mm-hmm. so uh, like you may take instead you may get a shot from somebody else that where they were doing you know spider-man doing something but your workflow is a little bit different to theirs so then now you got to figure out how they got to there to, to that point and then how you can continue it on and finish it and as far as like the big picture like movie like taking on spider-man very difficult because especially when we were doing spider-man you had all the movies coming out. There've been so many movies yes. and movies coming out. So I remember in the middle of Spider Man, we watched the 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 new Spider Man that came mm-hmm. out. Um, was it Home? Not Home Homecoming. Com- yeah, Homecoming. Was it Homecoming? Or yeah, Homecoming. Because isn't I don't know. One- I get all the home <laughs> titles mixed <laughs> up. Because wasn't the one that just came out, which is like the one- Far From Home. Far From Home. That's what it was. Okay, so thank you. The first one was Homecoming. Oh, was it? Yes, okay. I think so. All right. Yeah, and, we'll uh, just say it. Yeah, was. it was. So we went as a team to go watch that. And then we were like, huh, it's completely different to what we're making. Like, so we were kind of like, are we doing the right thing? We were kind of like asking questions like, are we going in the right direction? It, like, what are we doing? But it turns out we were and it all worked out. But those were one of the, a lot of the questions that would come up like, and people would ask. Because especially in our studio, um, everybody has ownership of the game. So everybody speaks up or gives their input. And especially a lot of people who are really into Spider-Man they really started asking a lot of questions. Well, you know, the movie's going this way. Are we following the movie? Are we going this direction? 
So a lot of that did come up. Um, like uh, the one thing I noticed in games too, um, especially a lot of my coworkers who actually play video games, they were very serious. Like swinging in Spider-Man mm-hmm. is a very serious thing in video games. Mm-hmm. Like it was the topic for weeks and weeks <laughs> and weeks. And I personally didn't get it because I was more about the character. All right. But I had a friend who like he come in every morning because like we have to test the game and play the game to see what's going on because yeah. it gets updated so constantly. He come in every morning and test the swinging. He'd be like, nope, still not right. And he would literally like do like a he would put together like a package of how the swinging should feel because and feel is, <coughs> is important, right? Because oh, we're yes. the ones that are swinging, mm-hmm, exactly. Right? Yes. We're we're Spider Man. That's another thing too. People saying. I'm Spider-Man or I'm going on a date with MJ. That was very surreal to me. Like, like they really become the character, uh-huh. which I found, which I didn't realize that's how serious it got as far as the game is. They really are the character. And I think so, yeah, so the feel of the swinging was very important. Like, Interesting. Like, and also to be able to feel something through a screen. Yes. You know, and it's not, it, you're not in virtual reality. Mm-hmm, you're, no. you're, it's still animation, right? You're still... Yeah. yeah, I mean, seeing their because you know now with social media, everybody has a you know React video. Right. Seeing the React videos was one of the amazing experiences I've ever been part of. Wait, wait, wait. What'd you say? React? Re? What? React. React. Oh, the React. Yeah. Sorry. Videos. Yes. I was like, is this another term? <laughs> sorry. Oh, That's you excuse- mean like we're we're like the, you're you're uh, videotaping people going like oh my god. Yeah. So look people. At that. So when people are playing the game, them reacting to the game, uh, I was just like, what? And like, and that's when I started to realize people actually believe that they're Spider Man. Like. <laughs> they're watching the game and the, the, the part of the game. I mean, the game's been out by now, so hopefully you all played it. But there was um there was a part where. Peter Parker is about to go and meet MJ on a date. And I remember one of the guys saying, I'm going on a date with MJ. And he was really excited. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is, yeah, this is something Dude. different. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it, gets, it gets deep. And I was like, wow. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. So, so even though you're not dealing with script scripts, mm-hmm. right, you still are interpreting story, big storylines, mm-hmm. right? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, with games, we actually do get to see the script. Oh, okay. So it's funny, in movies, um, for the most part, like I said, as an anime, unless you're like a lead or a director, you, you, you probably see the script. But in games, you actually do get to see the script because, again, it's very collaborative and, you know, everybody is like a big part of the puzzle. So we will get the script and we'll, we get to read it and, you know, we get to see, see the, the stories, see when the gameplay comes in and then kind of make changes as we go along. So in games, you are there is a little bit more involvement um, from the lower end all the way up to the top as far as like being involved in you know the script and reading it and seeing it and like we 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 even do our own scratch dialogue because sometimes we haven't got the actors yet mm-hmm. so we do all the scratch dialogue and we we get an early sense of oh this is a little bit too long or this is a little bit too short kind of thing and then start making adjustments as we go along. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I guess the re- the reason I was asking though was whether it's script or mm-hmm. storyboard. Whatever is you're interpreting is is part of a bigger story. Yes. So, uh, without naming names or projects, when do you know? At, at what point do you get frustrated that the story isn't working? <laughs> it happens. The beginning, the middle. Sometimes, yeah. it, even when it's done, you're like, uh, "Did this actually work, or is it working?" Or like, sometimes you just don't know, but. 
it, there's waves. Yeah. There's, there are times where it's like, okay, it's working, we've solved that part. And then you get to the next part, it's like, wait, what? Like, he would never say that or he would never do that. But at the same token, that's where, as a, a collaborative process, you get to voice your opinion. Right. And I think, well, in games, that is. Uh, you get to voice your opinion and say, you know what? We think this would work better this way. And that's where, as an animator, we're kind of trained that way. Like, um, as far as all the disciplines within, you know, the animation industry or film industry, animators, we go through the whole thing. We have to know the why, the what, the when, whenever we do a shot. So when you're studying in animation, one of the things you do is that you're you'll find a, like a, a clip from a movie, just a short clip of you know, some actor saying you know, a famous line or a line, and you actually animate to that. But you have to, you do your own take on it. So you'll figure out, okay, what's the subtext of what this character's saying? Like, why are they saying it? And then you know, from there, you, know, you, you put your, your own idea on whatever this character was saying. Even though everybody may know the movie, you come up with a completely different idea of what this character is doing, you put him in a different situation, you know, yeah, it's... So, so you could take, like, Robert De Niro's character <coughs> yes. saying, you talking to me, mm-hmm. right? And instead, you put him at a birthday party yes. where somebody's giving him a cake and yeah. singing, oh, you talking to me, yeah. right? Like, and so you can change, now the context has changed, mm-hmm. the, the, the personality, I would imagine, of the face, yeah. right? The, the yeah. emotion I mean, has changed. Even when you just said that, I thought of him, he was a clown, and a kid didn't like his performance, and he's like, "You're talking to me." <laughs> like that's good, straight away. And, like, and that's kind of what we do. We just come up with like different scenarios, but we we have to we'll figure out the why, the what, and the when. We'll write that down. Like what scenario is he in? What is he doing? How can we up the stakes, kind of mm. thing? And that's kind of what as animators. So because we've already got that kind of training, is like you know the why, the what, the when, the story aspect, how the character grows. When we come into a whole collaboration, that's kind of we, where we excel. We'll be like, okay. I know you want this to happen, but again, based on your character description, based on what's happened before and after and the goal of this character, I think this character would act this way kind of thing. And then that's kind of like, so back to your question about when you know or when you get frustrated with the script, that's where we kind of voice our opinion, like, you know what, this isn't working the way it should. And as animators, we all get together and say, okay, let's do this and present it to them a better idea and then let's see if they go for it kind of things. So that's kind of a lot of things that we do as animators. So, so it's, this is kind of explaining why some of the best movies we see are animated movies, right? Because okay. it seems like you're going from like, it's a character's perspective mm-hmm. as to motivation, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we always go like, what's the magic of Pixar? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, these are people who've really been home, homing in on, on the, the actual character him or herself and and the, the pre-production like again your the amount of time the more time you spend, well not always but the more time you spend on pre-production ironing out the character the backstory the arcs all that stuff the kind of better it is and organically it will grow and change obviously but like you have a better base for your story this is great <laughs> I, did you know you knew this much about story I did not <laughs> and it's funny like it's I forgot someone said the same but I always forget like you 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 know a lot more than you think, right? And, and I guess you don't know until you actually start talking or believing in yourself or believing that you do really. Because people always ask certain questions, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm the right person to ask that. But I do know a lot more than I tend to believe. And then t- taking this story class really helped with that too. I was like, oh, I kind of do know 
how to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I remember in the beginning, mm-hmm. you were like, there was a, there was some pushback. <laughs> like, so when it, when it actually got through, I was like, great. There's yeah. there's always a somebody in in class for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. that if I can make it work for this guy, <laughs> it's working. Yeah. And you were that guy. Yeah. And then you had the most popular project, mm-hmm. even though everybody was at the early stages. Mm-hmm. Everybody just really gravitated toward it. You know, to the to the point where somebody taking it into Disney. We're going to cross, cross our, cross our fingers. Yeah. We'll and, see. and it's funny. Um, I was trying to thought what I was about to say now. About say? you knowing more than you think, you know, Oh, and I think that boils down to, I started to realize telling your truth or, you know, taking your ideas from life really does make things feel a lot more real and that's even in animation that's why we do a lot of people watching Mm -hmm. they always say you know tell the truth Mm -hmm. and that usually you know comes off a little bit more respectable or more appealing Mm -hmm. than trying to make something like everybody always tries to be funny yeah but being funny is not what makes something funny it's like you know it's just telling that telling that truth and naturally fun comes out of it or you know something magical what happened kind of thing i think that is great advice <laughs> and on that we are gonna leave do you have uh are you on social media are you following I, I am on social media um, um my instagram is g the number one tunes t-o-o-n-s and i'm also on twitter and i think that's it and i post pictures drawings here and there once in a while excellent Excellent. Well, everybody follow Leon. And uh, remember to go to onthepage.tv, the first draft class, which you were in, the (laughs) six-week class. It's fun. (laughs) I would definitely recommend it to anybody. It is starting up again September 7th and going through October 12th. Also an online version of it if you can't get to LA, which is still in real time with me um, on Zoom. uh, So I'll be there live. Um, so yeah, check, check that out on the page.tv. Thanks again to Leon Gittins for being here. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening and have a good writing week. 